Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Between you and me, I always knew that I needed life insurance, but I just kept putting it off. Then I found the Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Plan, and it took all the worry out. Now, I know I won't be a burden to my family because it can help cover my final expenses. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555 to get your free personalized quote today. See website for terms and restrictions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everybody. So, Mara, some very sad news for Days fans. Um, Just as we are reporting in this new issue that Frank Parker, who played Sean Brady, had passed away, we got news that Peggy McKay, who played his on-screen wife, Caroline, did too. Now, we haven't seen Peggy on screen for a couple of years, and I've gotten countless letters from fans asking where she had been. We saw Sean die on screen in 2008, so now we'll have to see how the show will address Peggy's death. You know, it's so hard to say goodbye to these beloved actors, but there's something about the nature of soaps that they can script such beautiful farewells. You know, I remember after Frances Reed passed away in 2010, Days had the most amazing celebration of her life and really scripted a proper funeral, which in a sense was both for Frances, who was original cast member, and the character of Alice. And, you know, we've seen it so many times on so many other shows. You know, how do you feel about this blending of sort of real life and real life? Yeah, I think, you know, with the internet and the magazines being around as long as they have, a lot of fans know when a beloved cast member passes away. And I think in most instances, it's absolutely the right move to allow the fictional characters to mourn alongside cast members and fans of the show and of those performers. I think the one exception that really comes to mind for me is Darlene Conley, the larger-than-life Hollywood star who played Sally on The Bold and the Beautiful. After Darlene passed away, the show decided to keep Sally alive, living off-camera, which felt like a fitting homage to Darlene, who had that indomitable spirit and and brought it to Sally. Absolutely. But I think... uh, You know, I think of a character like Mona Kane on All My Children, who was an original cast member played by Frances Heflin. And when uh, Frances died, you know, I don't think a recast would have been appropriate, certainly. Um, And I don't think it's something that the show would ever have considered. But of course, Mona could never just disappear from the life of her daughter, Susan Lucci's Erica. And um, not only was Mona's funeral beautiful and heartbreaking and a lovely tribute to Francis and an opportunity uh, to bring back some of uh, some of the faves from the past who had been important in Mona's life, but story came out of it. You know, it gave all my children the chance to explore what losing her mother meant to Erica Kane. 
And, you know, I mean, really, since soaps are meant to be reflections of real life, this is a, you know, sad chapter in everyone's life. Someone goes through this at some point or Mm -hmm. another. So it really becomes another example of the notion of soaps being cathartic for viewers, you know, where you'll likely see some element of your own grief or your own experience with death mirrored in these stories of the journeys that the characters go through. Mm Mm-hmm. And there really is the chance to play them out realistically because soaps have the time to tell these kinds of stories over months or even more. And it just makes it feel more believable that way Um, because people, you know, you don't just like stop mourning one day, you know, like a week later, like really it takes time. And, you know, with Peggy, we really hadn't seen Caroline as much on screen, but, you know, she has been referenced and she still is the head of the Brady clan. And... Though at the same time, the show is six months in advance. So we're looking at something that if it is addressed on screen, we're Mm -hmm. not going to see it, you know, for a while. You know, what I've really found so lovely about with both Frank and Peggy is, you know, with social media, the actors really kind of respond right away with these lovely tributes to these actors that they worked with. And I just think it's so touching when you see how much they meant to the cast and what the cast has to say about losing them. Absolutely. Now, I feel like, um, you know, as a viewer, soap funerals, they get me uh, a lot of the time. I I can be a, a bit of an easy cry. Oh, really? I didn't know that about you. Yeah, that, that's some sarcasm. <laughs> um, but but some of them leave me cold because the chances of that character coming back feel so strong. You know, they're we know they're not really dead. How, how much of a tear am I really going to shed here? Uh, but I think when we're honoring the life on screen of someone who has really passed away, that blending of the real and the fictional packs such a powerful punch. You know, I was talking to an actress recently who pointed out that on a soap... You know, all characters can come back unless their organs have been donated around town. (laughs) Or in the the case of little Jake Weber on General Hospital, even if they have. (laughs) But, you know, it does take away from what should be a really powerful story and journey for these characters when the possibility of a presumed dead person coming back exists. You know, I remember when they killed Maureen Bauer off of Guiding Light. There was the most incredible backlash. And this was in the days before the internet. So I'm basing this on letters that we got here Mm -hmm. at the magazine. But that was a huge blow to the Guiding Light fan base and to the canvas. I mean, it did not go over well. You know, I think one of those letters was probably from me. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't think I can name a death to, to that point in my soap opera viewing that affected me so deeply and really made me angry at the powers that be. I think uh, that show just severely underestimated what a character like Maureen, who is, you know, a sort of salt of the earth, moral compass type character for the city of Springfield, what she meant to the audience. You know, she wasn't Riva. She wasn't flashy. She wasn't always on the front burner. But that didn't mean that she didn't have tremendous value. I think that's the lesson the show learned the hard way, you know. Um, And I think when a lot of people, myself included, look back on the beginning of the end of Guiding Light, a lot of people trace it back to that decision. Which is really amazing to think about that, like, one decision can really just tip all the dominoes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, another soap death that didn't go over well was Frankie Frame on Another World. I mean, Frankie and Cass were such a popular couple and not in your traditional super couple way, if you will. You know, they were fun, they were offbeat, and they had a very passionate following. And her death at the hands of facts um, was so brutal that I recall that playing a part in how negatively received that storyline was. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, those two soap deaths that we're talking about were only four years apart, and they were like 20-some years ago. But they're still such amazing examples of deaths that just shook viewers up, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I watched Frankie's death again not too long ago, 
And um, it was truly graphic and disturbing. And it went on for a long time over the course of many scenes. And I remember feeling at the time and then feeling uh, it again when I watched it. Think about who the audience is. You know, Maureen was killed in a car accident and she left behind a child. Um, That was bad enough. But for Frankie to be so brutally murdered, leaving behind a very, very young daughter, that wasn't what I wanted to see. And I don't think that's what the predominantly female audience turns to soaps for. You know, people who want to watch Dexter, watch Dexter. No, absolutely. And I feel like I was about to say, like, oh, we don't really see that many brutal on-screen deaths except for when they killed everyone off of Days with the uh, Salem Stalker. You know, we saw some pretty, you know, gruesome Mm -hmm. and in a sense, tongue-in-cheek kind of deaths for all these characters like Cassie and the Pinata. I mean, certainly the most egregious was uh, Alice getting choked by donuts, you know, because that was just so synonymous with the character. And then Maggie and the alcohol bottle. Like, there just was a lot of that. But then they all wound up being alive, so it sort of takes away all that impact. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely am having some flashes of some, like, a little too grisly for my taste deaths, um, like Sabrina more recently on General Hospital. I think um, even Emily Quartermain's death uh, prior to that. Um, you know, I, I don't need to see that. That's that's just like strongly my feeling. Right. I agree. Um, one of our guests today knows all too well how it feels when your character is killed off. Mm-hmm. We are talking to Sean Christian, who played Days of Our Lives as Daniel, and his real life love, Ariane Zucker, who just returned as Nicole. Let's get him on the phone. Well, hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for well, Ari, let's start with you. You're airing again on Days. Tell us about your visit. Oh, always wonderful as usual going back to Days. Um, I, I think I've probably said it a lot, but it is basically a, you know, I grew up there. Um, and it's, I'm always welcomed with open arms and it's hilarious. I think they purposely put like my first episode with only one scene because I'm so like a little social butterfly. (laughs) It's it's really funny. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm only in one scene with no lines because I have to talk to everybody when the first day I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) They know you by now. Oh, my God. There she goes. (laughs) So, yes, I I do cause a delay in taping sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have to say, I was looking at the little girl who plays Holly today on the air show that I watched, and I thought she was so well cast. I thought she like looked a little bit like baby Izzy. Yeah, she and so good. Those oh, I love those little babies. They're so cute, and um, and you know, I I think for me, I feel like too those uh, every kid I've ever worked with on that show gives makes me better because I'm always like you know you never know how they're gonna act right. So um, that little one that then well, first of all, the mom and dad are like super cute and sweet, but um, that that toddler age is like. Whoa. And I totally remember Izzy was like one of those toddlers where it was like the same exact kid where you're like, okay, I know this. I remember this and I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You definitely looked old pro. Like you knew what you were doing there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, So what is it like for you to come back and visit? Is it easy to get right back into the rhythm or does it take you a while? I know you said like the first day they give you an easy day, but would you have been able to just jump right back in anyway? No. (laughs) (laughs) i you know it it was uh probably what an exact almost an exact year coming back and i know i have worked in between but like something happens to your brain when you don't have to work on a soap um because you are this well-oiled machine so for me i felt like 
the dialogue, not that it's easy, but it's like, you know, I've, I've got myself this muscle, um, that I've got going on in my head. And so I, it, it was just, it's just a different memorization skill when you're doing, um, you know, the lifetime movies or, uh, new media. And so I do feel like I had a little, you know, a little bit of a rough time. I'm like, Oh, wait. And by the way, can we just go straight to tape? Cause we're, you know, running behind or something. They want to get out earlier or something. I'm like, Oh, hold on. Let me process that in 30 seconds. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't look like that. Oh, thank you. Whew. I'm sweating right now just talking about it. <laughs> um, now, Sean, you and I just spoke for the magazine, and you told me all about your episode of The Rookie that you just filmed. Um, yes. But tell our listeners, what was that like? Well, I, that was amazing, actually. I had a great opportunity. Um, just, to, you know, I think even working with Nathan Fillion again, we hadn't seen each other in, oh, my gosh, it must be 20-something years when we used to kick it around New York when he was on One Life to Live. And I was on As the World Turns, so we were like uh, about two blocks away. And it's astonishing. We were like, wait, is this the first time that we've ever worked worked together um, after all this time? And it was. And it was a wonderful experience. He is, I, I have to tell you, he deserves everything he's getting. He is such a wonderful human being. So you had not really done that kind of action adventure stuff. So what was that like to get back into it? You said like night filming was fun, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I think the last time I did that kind of action was probably like Tremors 3 or something. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, Liquid Jack, he'll anyway, get you yeah, back. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, improv those lines. Um, yeah, we were doing night shoots. And of course, you know, this, this character I play is the hawk. And I have to say it like that. I don't know why. Just like the hawk. Um, <laughs> you can't just go, oh, I'm playing this guy. He's named the hawk. It's not going to work. Um, but I trained Nathan, Nathan's character. And um, I actually kind of go a little bit off the deep end. And our paths cross. And um, I don't want to get too much into it. But the beauty of it, I got to do some car driving, stunt driving, fight scenes. Um, Eric Winters, also a wonderful human being. He and I had a chance to connect because I had worked with his wife on um, As the World Turns a thousand years ago. Um, <laughs> like so, a Pilar. <laughs> yes. Wow, very good. Wow. <laughs> bonus round. That's our job. <laughs> you name the, what's the name of Mike Kazanov's bar? <laughs> wow. Okay. Now we're going to fail. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that might be trademarked. Um, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, but Ma- what a- I will never remember Mara might. So she's like, I just so you know, her yeah, face I've, is I've like she's thinking. So I, I, I've come, I've completely left my body. I'm back in Oakdale. Give me a minute. You continue. You <laughs> and Steph keep talking. Let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to stop that. We like that emergency beep. Just let it go for a little bit. <laughs> for all those wonderful shows, New York shows that aren't here, let's just take a moment. Right and remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm crying at the moment. Okay, let me cry. Thank God I'm not on camera. <laughs> no, sorry, so I did interrupt. But it was you, yes. it was look, it was great. The whole crew was fantastic. ABC is wonderful. This is going to be a huge, huge hit. Um, the tone of the show is remarkable, and um, yeah, I would love to come back. That'd be great. I don't go that far off the deep end, so you know, yeah, throw, I'm on my hat in the arena again and bring the hog back. Bring it back. Stack. <laughs> now, as you know, Famous in Love was 
one of my shows, and I'm very upset yes. that it got canceled. You were so good on that show. Um, how do you feel you. about the news and just hearing that it was not coming back for a season three? Um, Marlena called me first, which is she's such a, a champ. I love her. It's, it's, again, there's another one who deserves all the success she's getting. She's a wonderful human being. Um, I was sad. I mean, I think a lot of the people on the show were sad. Because we were building something. The momentum was growing and you could see the audience building and the numbers were building. Um, and people started to invest in the storylines and the characters. And I think it's one of these things, in my opinion, you know, it can go on. Like Hollywood, like there's the rise and fall of many actors. It could really be one of these, um, just one of these like staple places that people want to see behind the scenes of what it's like to make big budget films versus independent films. And the, and the chaos that ensues. So for me to play a, you know, a media mogul or the head of Warner brothers essentially uh, was awesome. So even when I was on a Warner Brothers line, I got to do all my homework and um, didn't get a chance to meet Clint Eastwood, but you know, all right. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy, Chris Pine, he was filming something, you know, I don't know what's, what's that big movie he does. Wonder, wonder lady, wonder, wonder something. Oh, yeah. That. Wonder Woman. Oh, that lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, another friend of mine's on there, a producer who's doing Aquaman. So it was great to see some of the people that I've met throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and hard. actually, to just bring it full circle, the rookie films on the Warner Brother lot. Um, so it was kind of interesting because their base camp is exactly where Famous and Love's base camp was. Um, so yeah, when we were on the lot, it was like sort of a, sort of yeah. a come full circle moment. Ah. So your destiny seems to be somewhere around Warner Brothers, since especially because Day's studio is like inside yeah, right? of it. Right? Just go to lunch. Exactly, I can see it now. Just meet for lunch. All right, we're putting it back out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is some affinity, something on the Warner Brother lot. I've been blessed to go back there many times for Friends. That was a one. That was a great one there. Um, I have to say, I don't know. It keeps calling me. Um, yeah, I know. Must be my Bugs Bunny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the WB Frog when they had the WB? Uh, yeah. Television? Yeah. That that was. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you a little side story on that. We I kind of got in the crosshairs of the Frog and and what's whatever the new CW kind of theme is. Right. Because I was on a show called Summerland. Of course. And, oh please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we remember other actress, um, Lori. Sally, Lori. Yeah. Um, another soap girl, by the way. That's right. Mm-hmm. Ex Jody, Edge of show, Night. The, mm-hmm. Oh, Jody, Edge of Night, please. Oh, there it is. Okay, I can't even get the question out. No, come on. (laughs) That's how we roll I mean, unfair advantage us, but still. I got to know my forum. I got to make it a little trickier. Yeah. (laughs) You stumped us on the car. Yeah, exactly. Be be glad. Yeah. Where they started, when, what show, what was the character's name? Go. (laughs) Meg Ryan. Betsy, Betsy, as the, the world, world turns. turns. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very, you both made it to the bonus round. Okay. I'll just throw these in intermittently. When yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, we, do we get silence. bonus points for being in unison? <laughs> yeah, that, really, yeah. Absolutely. that was completely unscripted. <laughs> That's the double bonus round. Sure. So, uh, so uh, Ari, meanwhile, you have done uh, your fair share of, of Lifetime movies, which uh, so many people are so into. And what are those like to film? They are a the film version of soaps. They're <laughs> so fast. You know, they really, you have to be on your game. I mean, I have to say, like, thank 
goodness, I you know have the skills from the soap opera because you do work that fast and they're like, they've got all, they too have their time. I mean, you do have like a 12 to 14 hour day you can do, but still they've got to turn around. Some of them have one camera, some of them have a second unit and they're off doing things. And so it, um, it, it's that they have figured out how to do it as well. And so, um, you know, it's been such a great run with them and I'm so appreciative that they enjoy my kookiness and keep hiring me. Mm-hmm. So that. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're just, uh, and it's really, um, for me getting outside and playing other characters, cause I have played one for so long. Um, I, it's, I, I found it like slightly difficult. I'm like, I got to make sure I don't do Nicoleisms, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I find these different nooks and crannies and, um, and, and do it quickly. Yeah, no time to waste. <laughs> well, you also really switch up your look for them. Does it help to maybe not look like Nicole or you, you know, when you're playing these roles? I think so, too. I, I do. And plus, I enjoy it so much. I mean, I came from the modeling world and, like, <clears throat> I was doing all these hair shows and everything else. And my hair was always changing. So I've, I've never, definitely never had a fear of changing my look. Um, and, in fact... Isn't that what characters are all about? You know, as I feel like investing, um, you know, to a degree, right? As, as much as I can with not surprising too many people. <laughs> um, and uh, just just being able to have really a lot of fun with characters. And so, um, of course, I'd love to to keep doing it and, and, I don't know, be some wicked, awesome, like, adventure, bad ASS, like, you know, kickboxing FBI agent, <laughs> you know, could be the hawk's wife. I could be the hawk's wife. <laughs> That'd be cool too. Um, now, Sean, your list of credits is quite impressive. You've done your share of both primetime and daytime, um, as you mentioned. Started on as the world turns. You might want to reveal yeah. your trivia answer at any point that you <laughs> desire. Um, uh, My cousin. <clears throat> what would you say when you look over everything you've done? Like, what stands out to you? What's your favorite role? Um, that's such a good question. Every time, but it feels like the last one, unless I completely slaughter the role. <laughs> um, yeah, completely. Um, Cause I get so invested in what I'm doing in the moment. And, um, but I think in a perfect world, some form of action comedy. And I, I, I don't know if the Hawk was that much comedy. Um, but there was a great irreverence to this character on the rookie that I was able to bring to it and a different sort of transformation in even making this guy, I mean, like just ugly in this guy up completely up. Just look, make him as brutal as he can be because he's lived a hard life. Um, so that was, that, that was just a treat and the people you're working with. So, um, Will and Grace, I have to say, was fun. That was a very uh, wonderful learning experience. I think I sort of gleaned something from every role. I could go through them one by one. Um, but that <laughs> we would really be here all night. You're like, dude, you've done a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it depends. Like some you you learn from watching these professional actors, and you just go, oh, that is just brilliance. And directors and same things. So. And that was one of the, uh, with the comedic timing, I'd have to say, uh, Friends and Will and Grace was was something to, uh, really special. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier in the podcast, we were talking about the pros and cons of killing off characters. 
Now, Sean, Daniel's death had a big impact on the day's canvas. Um, what do you think now when you look back on that character in your day's experience? Uh, it, hey, I loved that character. Um, again, a little rougher around the edges. I know at one point, I think I'd had like four different executive producers in my time there and different various writing teams. But um, I just loved creating this character and you get to do it every day and you try to do something different. And sometimes it, it, it fails at the expense of, I think probably even the character people like, I don't get him. I don't, don't I get why he's doing this. Um, but I, I did enjoy that to see him just completely uh, obliterated was, was sad. Um, but, but one of those life changing experiences, you go, wow, to be, I'd, I'd never been on a show longer than three years prior to that. So to stick around uh, was something special for me. And hopefully I was able to bring something special to a show that's, you know, been going on for over 50 years. Aww. Aww. So, I mean, I mean, I, you know, it is, uh, it tickles me when they still, still talk about the character occasionally. Um, cause you hope to have made some sort of impact on this legacy, uh, that goes on. I mean, you, you really do. I mean, I didn't anticipate being there that long and, um, I was being, I was asked year after year, I was like, this is a wonderful character. And it was something different every year. You know, one year I was like, oh, I'll make him a little more like, uh, you know, McDreamy, like, um, uh, Patrick Dempsey. Uh, and then someone goes, oh, just make him rough and just a surfery, just the other side, kind of, kind of a little more visceral character. I'm like, great, let's try it. Let's see what happens. So, um, yeah, there was many facets I got to play with. Never really villainous, though. Every time I would, no. I would make a, a real, real bad choice, like, mm, I don't think Danny would do that. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and like, Daniel doesn't cry. I'm like, what? Danny doesn't cry. I'm like, wait, what? And he doesn't pull his arms. I'm like, oh, okay. Very <laughs> <laughs> two specific notes I got early on. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. I, I don't know. Wait, he doesn't those- cry in what? Doesn't fold his arms. Don't fold your arms. Oh, okay. If you'll notice, I never been, you know, like doctors, they they do that fold your arms posture. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I made a point. I mean, clearly I was like, all right, I want to do that anyway. But um, it was reaffirmed by one of the executive producers that that's not what we're going to do with this guy. Oh, sure. I said, great. I love it. Because, I mean, it's my my um, physical disposition anyway. Doesn't I'm not very... Uh, Still. Arm crossy. We're not, not an arm crossy kind definitely of Definitely not an arm crossy. I'm not, I'm not that <laughs> I've heard dog. that about you, Sean. Everyone says it. <laughs> yeah. Not you very know, arm crossy. I, my arms. I do. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of guy I am. Yes. Well, that's some interesting yes. insight into really how deep the notes go from <laughs> yeah. executive producers. There is some. I remember, I was like, I remember it was kind of like um, – Major league, like there's no crying in soap operas. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what isn't that a thing? I mean, everybody actually? cries. In yeah. Soap. There goes I, your Emmy reel. <laughs> oh, is that it? Yeah. It was monopolized. <laughs> well, Sean, my lingering question is uh, a desperate need to know if Eric Martzolf ever properly thanked you for the heart that Daniel supplied to his character. Has he? No, no, I don't. Think Rude. He wow. I mean, you know. Rude. And uh, when I cross his path, I'll just, you know, you, I'm going to literally say to him, just in, in just a very quick axiom, you've ripped my heart out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to let it sit there, you know. Yeah, See let him think about if that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think he did, actually. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry to see you go, but God, I got a heart. Thank you. I'm glad you cleared that up after we've been trashing him for the last 25 seconds. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> 
Yes. And and really, I feel like Greg Vaughn also like has a lot to say mm-hmm. to you as well. I mean, there's like the two men that Ari still works with. And does, yeah. What, does he have one of my organs? I don't know. That, I no, it. but I mean, he really, if it wasn't for Eric, Daniel would be alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were both alive in one. Body blow. Body exactly. blow. Nobody was alive. <laughs> I think we all, the three of us had a drink one time. We're like, we're all alive. We made it through another round of cuts in days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've all drank to that one. Yes. Yeah. A good thing to drink to, of course. It wasn't, it wasn't moderation. It was, yeah. Okay. Now, Ari, it is actually hard to believe, but it has been two years since that famous Access Hollywood tape surfaced. Um, looking back, like, how would you even describe that time in your life? <laughs> Uh, nuts. It was, uh, because especially when, I mean, I'm a relatively, uh, with the exception of the soap opera on my off time, pretty quiet person. And, um, you know, I ride horses and, and I don't plant succulents. And (laughs) (laughs) so when that first aired, I mean, it was crazy. Sean and I were sitting down and eating lunch going, okay, let's, uh, let's see, this is either going to be not a big deal or, a really, really big deal. And guess what it turned out to be? <laughs> a really big deal. Wait, this one I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got this one? <laughs> um, and uh, now that it's all quieted down for me, especially, um, it's uh, it almost is like it never happened because I obviously did not want to be known as that person. Um, that's in the Access Hollywood video. <laughs> so I, I, I certainly just, I think I made my own piece with it. Um, and then uh, with Anderson, was Cooper was so lovely to bring me on the show. And then I was, that was that. And it was great for me. So, uh, um, but yeah, it does feel a little bit like it doesn't happen. It, like it didn't happen now, even though it did. Do you ever have people <laughs> recognize you from that or anyone bring it up to you besides us right now in your, <laughs> in your travels? Not really, um, because I am always changing my look, and I really feel like I looked different then too. My I don't typically wear my hair split down the middle. It was darker with some blonde streaks in it, and you know, just not the same. And uh, my hair's short, my hair's brown, my hair's platinum, my hair's like you know, I don't know. I just never. And maybe people recognize me, don't say anything, but I I really don't. Right, Sean? Don't you think I really never get? No, rarely. I think because you look so different. Yeah. Was it crazy for you to really be like the headline pretty much of every news outlet around the world? It wasn't even just like in the United States. I know my brother calls me and is like, you, of all people, making history. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what big brothers are supposed to do? (laughs) Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. So, um, I'd make him go get me fun dips at seven 11 all the time. He's like, you make history on the news. Um, but, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's bizarre because, um, again, I, I, I know people think I'm an extrovert, but I really am an introvert. Um, and so it is, it's slightly uncomfortable in a way because it's not, especially that kind of attention. That's not the kind of attention that I personally want or wanted, uh, so I, I just did my best to, um, you know, I hope I spoke eloquently enough to about it and how I felt about it. And, um, 
I don't know. I stood up for what I believe in in myself and did the best I could that I felt I, I did a good job. I, I, it really, after that, I, um, I think I was very self-explanatory of how the whole situation went down. So, mm-hmm. um, yes. And it even is, even now I'm like, well, I don't really know what, that's why it sounds like I'm talking like this. <laughs> like what? I don't know. It's just, it's such a, an odd thing to happen. I mean, you can't write that, you know? Yeah, certainly, certainly not. I think it would not have been <laughs> no believable. Scope is written uh, yeah. <laughs> now, the two of you have been traveling a lot with your new business, Luxol Traveler. Tell us about that. You know, to me, that is just a, a bigger extension of who I am as a person. I mean, it's about immersive travel and ex- throwing myself or ourselves into an experience and sharing it. And it's much, even much like acting, right? That's what you do. You, you get a situation, you get an experience, you get a character and you immerse yourself into it and you share it. And I'm like, I, I'm having all these amazing experiences wherever we go. And I'm like, why aren't we sharing this? And, and inspiring people to get out there, get out of your comfort zone and have some of these experiences for yourself. So um, as we go on to these places, wherever we go, um, of course, filming it and editing it and shooting it is, I mean, for me right now is pretty overwhelming calling all cameramans and um, editors out there. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sean's a one man show. Cause he's really done. He does all the filming. He does all the photography. I, I throw in some black and whites now and again. Um, but we will all help with sort of the final say on the edits and things, but, um, as we build our business, but he really does everything. I just help him time manage which is why we've kind of our planner, which is me, and he's unbelievably spontaneous. So it's, right. I think, makes for a good combination as we learn how to build the business together. Yeah, there's a bit of a good juxtaposition in the way we travel, which I think is interesting. It's also universal with some, with, with probably many couples. There's always one who is a huge planner, right down to the T. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And she's amazing. I mean, amazing. She'll be packed like five days in advance. I'm lucky. <laughs> act five minutes in advance, <laughs> um, but, and both have their merits and both have their value. Even when you're traveling to a place that is unfamiliar to both of you. Um, and there's been moments where, uh, we've arrived at a hotel. I mean, we thought we were staying we're booked. This is where we're going to be. <laughs> we were studied the hotel. We knew everything in and out of this hotel and the history and da, da, da. And we get there and like, Oh, you know, Sean Christian, She's like, no, no, I, I, I'm not seeing your name. Oh, well, maybe it's under Ari. No, 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 not there. Like <laughs> old traveler. No, I actually, do you have a confirmation number? Like, yeah, here's the confirmation. And she couldn't have been sweeter. And she looks at it and gives us that look like this is, we're not familiar with this number. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the Motel 6 around the yeah. <laughs> So much for my planning. Yeah, right. I'm like, all right, spontaneity kicks in. Here we go. <laughs> and we had the most amazing journey beyond that. Yeah. Um, so I want to get people out there sharing, the, experiencing the world, connecting with people. You go in as a, as a tourist and you should feel like a local. And to find those local experiences and, and to say, look, when you go to XYZ, whatever city it is. Um, or even in your own city to experience, yeah. you know, things that you never go. I know I, living in California, there's places that I haven't visited because – uh, well, I live here, so why would I go to the botanical gardens? Well, because they're beautiful. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Mm. So that's what we try to, you know, help um, uh, share those experiences in local cities as well. And and, and now we have a, a, 
city, a destination we're doing now. We're uh, exploring um, Sacramento. So we're looking for those signature experiences in around Sacramento. We're having a meet and greet event um, while we're in Sacramento. And um, so once all that information actually will be out, hopefully in the day or two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was supposed to be done today, but I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. No, because so, you're talking yeah, to us. Because you're too yeah, spontaneous. Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll definitely get you the dates and where you can get the tickets and the link and all that stuff. Great. Uh, as soon as I get it up, which should be uh, by Yesterday. before the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you've put up some amazing photos on your Instagram page, which is Luxel Traveler. Um, if people haven't looked at them yet and they wanted to see where to go, you should check them out. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's fun. There's, like a lot of them, I'm, I'm trying not to put everything on my personal or Ari's personal. Um, definitely link the two because it is us who are creating these experiences. Um, but most of it does go to Lux Soul Traveler. Yeah, mm-hmm. so check it out. Yeah, for sure. Now, a few weeks back, we had Kyle Lauder, uh, Ari's ex-husband, on the podcast, and he gave a serious and very deeply felt shout out, Sean, to your barbecue and margarita skulls. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And we also talked about, you know, how great uh, Ari, you and he have made co-parenting work. You know, what what would you say uh, is the key to your relationship and your ability to so successfully co-parent uh, the daughter that you share? I think one of the the biggest conversations that that Kyle and I had when you know this all happened and we split was it's no longer about us. And it is about our daughter and making sure that she's happy and healthy and gets everything that she needs from both parents. And um, since then, we have created this uh, not just a co-parenting relationship, but a friendship. And um, same with Sean. He's Kyle's over mixing cocktails and Sean's cooking dinner. And it's just yeah. it's we're we're so lucky or we have holiday parties and, you know, Kyle will be there and it's, we go to school functions for Izzy and it's just, it's, um, I don't know. It's one, it's work, but it's a teamwork. It, it actually is. is a team of three that makes it. And Izzy's yeah. life is, is extraordinary. She's got three wonderful people who love and adore her and, and make her life as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. So, and we, um, and even with, uh, Sean and Cameron's, uh, son is the same. It's the, it's all a choice to, um, want to better somebody else's life. And, and I think that our children make us better people and parents for it. Yeah. You realize quickly. And for those who do have children that it's your life sort of takes a, a back seat mm-hmm. and now you put them as priorities and their health and their well being and their education and their passions and their joys and, and their sorrows. And you're there for them in every, in any capacity. Well, it's amazing because not everyone has that story to tell about, yeah. you know, <laughs> a couple that's split and yet are still so close and, and then close with the new, you know, partner in the relationship. It's very, it's, it's amazing. It's a testament to all of you that you've made it work the way you have. Yeah, we get along, we get along great. And, and Izzy sees that, which is wonderful. And I really do, you know, in the, in the position that we are in as, you know, daytime celebrities, but I, I Sean, also prime time, but I mean, I, 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 I do like to share the fact that it's, you know, uh, our goal is to give back in any way we can. And, you know, I do enjoy talking about how it's hard to make relationships work and it's, but it's so worth it in the end because 
really too, at the end of the day, all of these lessons and all of these things, you know, whether it's me and Sean and Kyle or whomever else is having to deal with these situations is that it's really about making you better your, yourself. Um, so it becomes slightly selfish where I'm like, my kid makes me better. My kid makes Sean better and my mm-hmm. kid makes her dad better. You know, it's really, um, and I do enjoy sharing that because it is possible. And, um, so I, I hope that when we have these conversations and interviews that, um, we can help in any little way in, in um, somebody's mm-hmm. life. So, yeah, maybe it inspires another yeah. uh, couple to go, look, we don't need to, to, to bicker and argue about things. Mm-hmm. You know, let's make this life easier on everybody. Yeah. And then we laugh a lot, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, have you two ever been out together and run into fans? And how do they react to seeing Nicole and Daniel together? Nobody (laughs) recognizes me. That's That is such bull. We well, I have it on film, and I'm going to send it. It'll be on. It'll be on Lux Soul Traveler. You watch. I'm going to put it out there in Insta Stories, and you're going to see. That's true. The waitress comes out. She goes, "I know who you are." I'm like, what is it? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, no, but typically they always see Sean first because let's you know face it, more women based, right? Mm-hmm. So they see this handsome hottie walking through, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's Sean Christian!" I'm telling you, they're talking to him for ten minutes before they. <laughs> Like 17 times later, and they're like, oh, it's Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-huh, that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, because I feel like, you know, you guys aren't like the most public, I mean, or you haven't been so public about your relationship in the past. And so it still should be a surprise kind of to some people. (laughs) I think it is. It is. I'll post something about she and I being on a rooftop in Manhattan somewhere poolside and they'll go wait are you what is daniel doing with nicole in, in new york city <laughs> yeah. like, that's not no that's ari and sean and they're literally together in life but he doesn't have a heart <laughs> <laughs> right because brady took it <laughs> exactly. that's right i'm gonna go back yeah, didn't say thank you. Nobody, said thank you. <laughs> nobody said thank you i'm like a frankenstein i'm actually a walking frankenstein on the set so everybody has a little piece of me there <laughs> and yes all of them yeah that is true um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, you two. It was delightful. Um, oh, great. Thank, thank you. you for having us. But, Sean, we're not going to let you go without revealing the trivia no. answer. Oh, boy. To which one? What's the, what was my question? The name oh, of Mike Kazanoff's car. Oh, do you want me to tell you or do you know? I, yeah. I know because I, I had to look it up. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say <laughs> I thought of it. No, the, you, you don't. Right now. You don't get to the bonus round, right? Now. <laughs> Neither does she. Uh, we didn't know it. We're admitting it. We're just asking you to tell the re- the listeners. We don't want to leave them to. in suspense. All right. We won't, but we're going to leave this uh, that little pause in there, and you're going to let everyone like email you or whatever they do during the podcast and come up with their answer. You're going to get a litany of them. But, uh, but the name of Mike Kasnoff's car is Ludi Bell. <laughs> Okay, like, if it was between a firing squad and remembering that, I would be dead. Like, it, it's not even a, not even a vague memory, and I did watch World Turns then, so. Oh. So, thank you. Thank you for Yeah, well, sharing. that was my first time. That was my first romance. Yeah. <laughs> this is your first leading first, lady. You never well, forget your first. first. Soap opera. I was like, wow, I'm really in love with this car. You're like, yes, you are. <laughs> but but more importantly, did you cross your arms in out of love for the car? Never. Mm, I'm right. not a big arm cross. I don't know what. The, <laughs> I'm just 
You know, I'm not going to go back through my reels. I'm like, did I ever cross, did I ever cross my arms? My arms? <laughs> <laughs> no. As an actor, you should have, you know, your comedy reel, your drama reel, and your arm crossing reel. Yeah. I know, right? We're going to add that to the playlist. I, I probably that. did. I think I did it on Friends, and then the director came out and was like, listen, you, no. You You're can't. just not an arm crosser. You You're not an arm crosser, and, you know, you can't be attracted to this person at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if I cross my arms, I'm protected and I'm guarded. No. <laughs> no. Dr. Schiff. Crosses arms. <laughs> Not for you, buddy. <laughs> well, thanks again, and we will hope to talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. Yes, Thank sure. you so much. So Thank much you. Have a great one. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Ariane Zucker and Sean Christian for being our guests. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 